0: Podcast is part of the Sports
1: Social Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and and hello, Johnny. Welcome to the 1871 podcast. How are you, Johnny? Good. Hi, it's a bit good. Good, good. Um, So this is our top five managers. It's part of our Reading FC top 100 series, um, and we're choosing a countdown of our five top managers who we feel have made... Um, a, a really significant contribution to Reading in our lifetime. So going back um, 50 years or so in my case, less than that in Johnny's case. Not but, much. <laughs> uh, go, going back 50, 50 years in Reading's history. So um, just before we start on that, guest coming up for you next week and episodes coming up. So um, tomorrow at 6 p.m., these are all at 6 p.m., um, so t- tomorrow, Monday evening at 6pm, is former Reading Technical Director Brian Teverden is our guest. Uh, he was at Reading at the same time as Ron Gourley. Um So be very interesting to speak to Brian um, and also find out what he thinks about the current situation at Reading. Um, so that's tomorrow. Brian Teverden is our guest. And then on Tuesday, again at six o'clock, We're concluding our Reading FC Top 100 series by looking at who we think are the the top five influential people in Reading's history. So that's Tuesday evening. And then Wednesday evening, again, at six o'clock, former Reading defender Andy Bernal, who was also David Beckham's minder. So that's on Wednesday. And then Thursday, um, Reading women's defender Lily Woodham is our guest. Uh, And then our guest on Friday is Limvoy Primus. So uh, again, all of those episodes are available from 6pm onwards. So Johnny, top five managers, uh, compared to some of the lists that we've done recently, I found this one easy by comparison. It was just some thought about the order, I think. What about you?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, kind of looking you know it's the most successful kind of says, it. it narrows it down. I mean, yeah, you know, there's been there's been influential managers and there's been you know, for lots of different things and not, you know Yeah. Going back over a long time, um, they've had a big impact at the club, haven't they? For the, the different reasons.
1: Yeah, we're yeah. we talking we're we're talking sort of roughly last kind of forty, fifty years because we can't really uh pass judgment on any managers before then. I don't I don't think you can uh judge people from before you were born. So um you know, yeah, we're not that old. <laughs> um, well, it feels like it sometimes, but anyway, um top five managers, so uh this was actually a lot easier than choosing things like our top ten games um for me, certainly um couple of managers that that just missed out for me, and then I'll ask you the same johnny yeah. so um i've I've got my countdown of top five managers, um but I've got two that kind of just missed out for different reasons, so Um, The the first is Yapstam. Obviously, um, the season that he came in, third in the championship, lost in the playoff final to Huddersfield in 2017. Um, So he just missed out. Uh, The other one who just missed out on my top five is Morris Evans, um, won the Division 4 title in 1979. Uh, Reading had the record for the longest time without conceding a goal more than a thousand minutes, um, and I think also he was instrumental in in putting good foundations in place before Ian Brownfoot came in. So those two missed out for me on my list. What about you, Johnny?
0: Well, I was going to say that actually the same one was Morris Evans for that reason. Like you said, it was you know what he did for the club and and, and setting up the club, and then you know his role you know was huge for a long time. And the other one for me was going back to my, my dad's. years, Charlie Early. Yeah, got them promoted. I think back in seventy-seven. around yeah. that time wasn't it? Um, and again, just that era of of Reading was a a unique era, wasn't it? With, with the the team that we had, the characters that we had, the manager that we had. Um, yeah, like you know, I was I was only little, <laughs> but it was it, he was a good manager. Um, so yeah, I like. There's a few others, but not in recent times.
1: <laughs> no and you know again these are our own personal choices um i i suspect we we don't know each other's list we we always do it like this i suspect we might have the same top two in the same order but we'll, uh, we'll see. um my i'll uh i think you started you went first last hmm. time, johnny didn't you so i'll yeah. go first this time um my five four and three um, I found it quite difficult to to pick the order and, and you might have the same the same three names in a different order, Johnny. I think that's highly possible. Um so I'm gonna I kind of gave this some, some thought and I thought, you know, who made the biggest sort of significant contribution achievements and so on. Um and this person, my number five, could have very easily been four or three on my list. Um, and I was very tempted to to put him higher, but I've got number five, Ian Bramford, um, Reading won promotion to division three in 1984. He took over in the January midway through that season. I think um, one promotion to division three, 1984 and then division three champions in the 85, 86 season, the record breaking Royal season, And then um, 13th in Division 2 in 86-87, which would have been the equivalent of the championship, I think, back then. Um, And then, of course, the Simo Cup, uh, Reading winning a trophy at Wembley um, in 1988. And I think what I really liked about Ian Bramford, and one of the reasons he could have been higher on this list for me, um, is actually he found a really effective way... For success. So it was quite direct. Um, so you had uh, Michael Jilks on, on the wing, for example. Um, it was kind of 4-4-2. So you had Trevor Senior, Kevin Bremner, Dean Horrocks. Um, you know, you have people like Stuart Bevan in, in midfield. Um, and I think it was a really good kind of balance, really good mix. The players knew what the plan was and, and they executed it well. So Ian Bramford's my number five. What about you, Johnny?
0: Yeah, I think the, the same conversation that you, you just had there about ones that can move up and down. And I, I went, and I had the of how successful they were is in trophies and whatever, but it may not make any sense. on here, but here we go, Mark McGee oh, is my number five. But we're talking points between him and, and others. Um, I think because of, you know, that team to, that, to get us promoted, then go on and and do what he did yes he left in not great circumstances but what he put in place with that team got us to to the playoff final and i think you know the way that that team played again they had the spirit and the, the character and and they kind of the same kind of traditional kind of football wasn't it it was it was two you know two wingers big center forward uh a smaller center forward alongside um and and a work kind of a a workhorse in midfield and a some quality alongside and then a very solid back four and obviously Super Shacker in goal, which was, you know, he he came out of the blue really to, you know, in that team. And I think, you know, he got Reading fans believing that we could achieve. And that, that was, that was what McGee did with Colin Lee, you've had on here. Um, yeah, it would like, you know, the, the what if, if he'd have stayed and, and, you know, that season and what he could have built. But, you know, I think for him, I don't think he his his career really kind of peaked after reading that great. You know, he went around a lot of teams and didn't really achieve huge amounts. Um, you know, so maybe there's some regret there. Maybe he wants to come and have a chat. We could have all the top five red best reading managers on the podcast. That'd be great.
1: So yeah, number that'd five. Be that'd be good. And I I think part of um, a successful manager what makes them successful is to do with the recruitment and if you look mm. at some of the players that came in you mentioned shaka Hislop, simon osborne um you know we had some great players at that time Darius dovchek as well um so you you come up with a plan of how you want to play and you find players to fit within that plan as as part of that jigsaw so um yeah so that's your your number five um Moving on to my number four now, um, Alan Pardew. So Division 2 playoff final in 2001, promotion to Division Two, uh, Division 1 in 2002, um, fourth the following season and lost to Wolves in the playoffs. Um, and really importantly, laid some really strong foundations for what was to come next. And, and we know all about what was to come next um and and i think the fact that he had um martin allen there as well helped because that was that was a good team but i think alan pardu really intelligent football man knew how to get success and i think part of the reason why i've got him you know uh, in at number 4 is because of the significant contribution he made to the development of of that team as well. So Alan Pargey is my number four. Um I su- suspect all all of these five might be the same, Johnny, in a different order. So who's your number four?
0: Um you just mentioned him. Alan Pargey. <laughs> <laughs> um yes, I say the reason mate. it's just, you know, that he he changed a bit of a culture at that club that we were, you know, back in early 2000, where we were drifting out of uh League One as it was then. Um, and really installed alongside Martin Allen, a real change of culture, mindset, um, belief, um, the way we played. Um, he was, you know, he was kind of a bit of a feisty kind of character as a manager as well. I think he had a few, you know, he rubbed up a few players the wrong way. I think, you know, him Kuro didn't always see eyes wide, but he was very, very uh, focused on his job. And again, you know, he... He left in, in you know on in gardening leave for a while, didn't he? And, and and yeah, you know, he had a he had a a good career afterwards and I think, you know, um nobody, you know, somebody has a chance to like Mark McGee, you know, to get promote themselves or to get another job that you either take or you don't the opportunity might not come again. It's 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 one of those things in football, isn't it? But um, yeah, he, he was he was certainly someone I think that, that's really, like you say, set the set the foundations in place for us.
1: Yeah, uh, he's available at the moment. By the way, that's <laughs> interesting. I can't, I, I can't see him coming back to Reading. His last two jobs were in Bulgaria and Cyprus, yeah. um, and uh, he actually left the the job in Bulgaria, uh, CSKA Sofia, I think, um, because of uh, racism from yeah. the fans towards. Um, I mean, it, his assistant manager um, there was was black, and the home fans were um racially abusing him so uh he he didn't didn't want to carry on putting up with that so so he left um then went out to cyprus um can't see him coming back to reading but certainly in terms of um you know making a great and significant contribution uh certainly deserves to be on on that list so uh top three now um I've actually, for number three, I've gone for Mark McGee and Colin Lee. Um, And the reason I've done that is I think that's a great example of um, a good team. So I don't think Mark McGee would have done as well as he did without Colin Lee. Um, And Mark McGee actually came in as as player manager. Um, And he won Division 2 with Reading in 93-94 um, and then the momentum carried on, put Reading in, in in a really strong position to challenge for promotion to the Premier League. Obviously, finished second that season, and as you say, we we don't know. I mean, we were only three points behind Middlesbrough in the end, weren't we? We beat them, beat them one 0 at, at their place. Um, and uh, again, I go back to what I said earlier about recruitment. Players like Simon Osborne, you know, Andy Bernal, Darius Dovchek, Shaka Hislop. The list goes on, really. Some really, really good recruitment. Um, So I've gone for my number three, Mark McGee and Colin Lee as a pair. How about you, Johnny?
0: Well, you mentioned him as your number five. My had number three in round. Again, we're talking, you know, just in my head, it was because he won the Simworld Cup, got two promotions. Does it outweigh the others? No, because they're all successful. But uh, maybe sometimes I think his, his contribution gets a bit undervalued or underrated. Um, to the Reading history and I know you know people give out about playing styles and stuff but that bit if you're winning and you're successful fans you know were in, that was back in the 80s pitches weren't like stupid uh table now that they are so you know he, like, he, like you said he success he built a team and um, a jigsaw that worked and was very successful um, you know when you've got Trevor Senior up front all you got to do is give him the service and he'll score your goals and that's what he did Um yeah and you know what an understated legend i think at reading to be honest
1: yeah and and i think um i think you're right it's you know a lot of the younger fans won't kind of appreciate what he actually did i think one of one of his um reasons he was really successful for reading was because he found an effective way mm. to win games um and actually yes it was quite direct but um it was exciting to watch as a fan. Yeah. Um you got some exercise with your neck muscles <laughs> sometimes. But um, you know, Trevor Sr. up front winning the ball, scoring loads of goals, Kevin Bremner, Dean Horrocks. Um, you know, we had Paul Cannaville back then, didn't we? Um yeah. yeah, so he he could have very easily been higher up on my list as well. In fact, yeah. in fact, I did the, did the same. I did have him up at number three at one point. Yeah. And then I, I just felt that Mark McGee and Colin Lee and Alan Pardew, um, you know, the, the significance of the contributions yeah. that they made and the success that they had. Um small you know, margins, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I think kind of the the those three choices, you know, it's put put them in any of those three positions. Yeah. Really, I think they're all i I would go as far to say as those three are kind of joint third <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah
1: yeah, um, look, number two and number one, we're rattling through this, and i'm I'm gonna make a prediction here, I think it's gonna be the same two people and in the same order, I think so uh, let let's do it anyway, um I mean, number two, because of who number one is um, I think probably had to be Brian McDermott for me uh might be different for you Johnny I don't think <laughs> it's but um you know one won the title secured promotion to the Premier League in, in 2012 but I think um what we should really appreciate about Brian McDermott is the huge contribution he made actually to um Steve Koppel's yeah you know the recruitment if you look at the likes of Kevin Doyle um, and I, I think he made a huge contribution actually to helping Reading win promotion to the Premier League the first time around. So that's um, that's number two. Uh, for me, I'm guessing it might be the same for you, Johnny, but go on.
0: Yes, it's it, we've never been as, as right as this before, have we? Know. It is a lot easier with the managers, but yeah, no, Brian, I think you know, and, and we both know he's an absolutely lovely guy who, um, you know even you know, with his with his battles that he's had that he's come out with his story and is helping others as Brian always does. Um, you know, he's a unique guy who I think, you know, he's so understated in himself. He, he, you know, he doesn't bang the drum about how good he is, but he was and, and, and you know, underestimated as a manager to get that team into the Premier League. Uh, yeah, the, the Premier League season wasn't great, but that's down funding and lots of different things. But to get up there was an achievement, but like I say that the all the other stuff that he's done for Reading is huge, and and, and again un, you know goes under the radar a bit because like without him we wouldn't have a 106 team. Without his scouting and without his um, behind the scenes work and his and his knowledge, his knowledge of football is 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 so good, um, and you know now he's got a I think a director of football at Hibernian. It'd be interesting to see how well he does up there, and I'm sure it'd be a success because. He's that guy you know and that it's um... yeah and he he's he sort of said that he was a bit of a reluctant
1: manager and actually what yeah. he really enjoys is is the the coaching and and the scouting so probably the role at um Hibernian I think he's director of football or sporting director I, I'm not yeah. sure that is exact job title but something like that um so he's kind of gone back to what he really enjoys and I think that's um development of players and teams Um, I think he he enjoys that and that suits him more than being a manager because I'm not sure he was that comfortable being in the limelight Um, obviously with with his um, issues that he's um, come out and talked about as well but yeah his contribution certainly to to Reading Um, I'm just going to take a wild guess that (laughs) I'm the same as well it could Um, possibly be we could, but you could sort of say, well, what's the point of doing this episode? Because it's like obvious who's going to win. But we wanted to talk about, you know, Alan Pardew, Ian Bramford, yeah, yeah, um, Mark McGee, etc. You mentioned Charlie Hurley, you know, Morris Evans, Yapstam, even. even, um, you know, obviously we we've had we've had a few sort of good moments since um, since the last time we were in the Premier League, obviously FA Cup semi final, but you yeah. wouldn't. You wouldn't put that down as um you'd put that down as a sort of great FA Cup run rather than yeah great reading manager, wouldn't you? But I, I think Yap um Yapstam when he came in, actually, um after about seven games of Velko Paunovich's season, we thought, hmm, he could be good. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It all went wrong after yeah. that. <laughs> Typical, wasn't it? But look, um no no surprise here and uh like I say, I'm gonna going to take a a wild guess that that johnny's going to say the same it has to be steve copple um you know the i i would say without doubt the two greatest seasons in redding's history yeah uh, the 106 season amazing and then in a lot of ways you know even better the following season eighth in the premier league within one point of you know getting into europe um you know that that was a fantastic season. I've, I think it's both of those seasons put together, and that was Steve Coppel, but also yeah. with, with Brian McDermott in the background as
0: well. So, um, and he John- built that team, didn't he, over a few years? Yeah. You know, he, he, when he came in when, when Parts left, that team yeah. took two or three years of tinkering, wasn't it? He building. You know, we were around the playoffs, I think a couple of times, not far off, and then he just t- changed, changed, and then momentum. Yeah. To- yeah, Johnny,
1: go on in. Who's your number one?
0: I'd have to go for Steve Cockle. <laughs> Steve Clark. Steve, Steve Clark. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, Steve Cockle. I mean, look, what can you say? I mean, that, you know, we've spoken to, him. we've spoken to Brian. They're both, they're both such lovely guys, I mean you know, you you can sit and listen to them talk football all day because yeah. of their knowledge of the game is just unbelievable, and, and just the way. The way that they come across as human beings, as well, is special. You know, they're not—they're not. It's kind of you know, uh, Throw the uh, you know the Fergie-style management. It, maybe they do you know behind closed doors. You just get that impression that you know, Copley was so calm, didn't get phased by. He got what
1: hands to do that stuff though. Didn't
0: yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Again, like you're saying about Colin Lee, wasn't we said this about all combinations? Martin
1: Allen with Alan Pardew. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Those combinations that really kind of. I mean, it's good cop, bad cop, isn't it? But they they work off each other, and and, and it works for the players because they clearly get the support they need. Um, and yeah, and like it, it's just that was just that. I, if anyone can ever you know do better than Steve cobble as a, a running manager, come on here and <laughs> we'll have a chat. Yeah. I I get a long time.
1: Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna recap on our um, top five countdown. Um, but I th- I think for me, you know, going back to when I started supporting Reading in the record breaking royal season in, in the eighties, Ian Bramford was the manager. I mean, what he did with that with that team, he could have easily been higher up on my list. So uh, so my countdown um and uh, and again it's about the significance of their contribution to Reading's success and also development of the club. So, um, you know, Alan Pardew certainly fits into that category because I think he did help to take the club forward um, and also lay some good foundations for what was to follow. So, um, yes, you have to give Steve Koppel all the credit for that, but also think about what Alan Pardew had done previously. So, look, my my, uh, five to one countdown um, in joint third place, um Ian <laughs> Brown Alan Pardew and Mark McGee and Colin Lee so I had Ian Brownford at number five Alan Pardew number four uh Mark McGee and Colin Lee at number three but it could have easily been it, the opposite way round. um yeah so that's my five to three and then my my two to one is Brian McDermott at number two and Steve Copple at number one um we we both think is the greatest Reading manager of all time I think most Reading fans would would agree with that be interesting to find someone who doesn't agree with that but um, yeah. Johnny remind us of your
0: five to yeah. one yeah so it's, it's the same names just a slightly different order so Mark McGee was fifth Alan Pardew four uh, Ian Bramford three Brian McDermott two Steve couple one it would be interesting to see if there's any older fans that have got memories of previous managers you know to Back in the 60s. Yeah. that you know, to, to to talk about that because that would be interesting. So there's some managers I went through. There's some managers that were in place for a long time, weren't they? Back yeah, in those
1: uh, days. Uh so you mentioned Charlie Hurley. I think Morris Evans, um, he was Roy, really well respected. Um Roy Bentley was there for a while,
0: I think, Bentley. was it? Harry Roy Johnston.
1: Was, I was looking. Yeah, was um was Ted Drake manager? I at think.
0: Redding.
1: yeah. I think back in the I just have a look here now. He said, didn't he go on to manage Arsenal or something?
0: Ted Drake, Ted Drake was in just before our time, June 47 to June 52. Um, okay. what are you saying, then, Before my time, no, before our time, our time, oh, right. Okay.
1: <laughs> quite a bit before our time, to be yeah, far.
0: definitely. Yeah, yeah, Jack Mansell, uh, theres Jimmy Wallbanks, another name, yep. not there for that long. Um Now, there's one there that slips the memory. John Haselden. Okay. It's left from 30th of April 91 to 10th of May 91. That must be the shortest bandage. 10
1: days as a manager. (laughs) Ted Drake's an interesting one because um, he'd made, um, as a player, um, he played for England. Yeah. um, And actually looking at. looking at the ted drake wikipedia page which may or may not be 100% accurate but he made five appearances for for england in the 30s scored yeah. um six six goals in five appearances for england he made um uh he was at arsenal for 11 seasons um 167 appearances 124 goals um, and then he managed uh, Hendon non-league for one year and he was manager of Reading for five years. And then he went to Chelsea. He was manager of Chelsea for yeah. um, six years and he won the um, Division One title as a manager for, for Chelsea. And played cricket as well. He's- yeah. He originally both um, in both cricket. <laughs> again, again, our top five countdown was really kind of the last, you know, managers in our lifetime. We don't... yeah. The- you know it's not not necessarily the greatest ever read in managers probably you know perhaps ted drake would would be on that list um yeah. but uh no i, I don't think there'll be too many arguments with our with our list with our top 5 maybe the order uh, and yeah. actually, like i say yeah you know, i was very tempted to put ian bramford in at number 3 as an example could have been alan Pardew at number 3 um but uh no uh no disagreements on, on the top two and the order of the no, top four. no definitely. All right, well that was uh compared to our um <laughs> top five seasons, that was a, a relatively short episode. So coming up, um these are all at six o'clock. We've got five episodes this week coming up. Um so tomorrow uh, our special guest is former Reading Technical Director Brian Teverden. Um, So looking forward to that. Tuesday, we're concluding our Reading FC Top 100 series by looking at our top five influential people in Reading's history. And Wednesday, our guest is Andy Bernal. Um, Thursday, Reading women's defender Lily Woodham. And then on Friday, we've got former Reading defender Linvoy Primus, and they're all available from six o'clock onwards. And you can um, watch all of our episodes on YouTube. You can listen to all of our episodes wherever you uh, listen to your podcast. So thanks very much, Johnny. Relatively short, nice. one, but um, yeah,
0: that's, that was the easiest one.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I think it was it was the easiest one, and, and obviously we've talked a lot about the the seasons that those managers mm. uh, were were in charge for. Um, but yeah. Um, Probably unanimous decision, not yeah. not just with us, Johnny, but all round. Yeah. Steve Coppell has to be Reading's greatest ever manager, I think.
0: Yeah, our influential top five is going to be an interesting one. I don't know if we'll get to say. I think we might be slightly different on those ones, maybe.
1: I think so. Yeah, and there yeah. will there will be different reasons and people yeah. have their own personal opinions. Um, so it is five influential people. I'm sure that will include um, on on Johnny's list. I'm guessing. That would include at least one or two managers, but um, it's not necessarily going to be all managers. That's no, no. You, that's up to you, Johnny. But um, uh, yeah, five influential people. Um, so that could be managers, chairman, owners, whatever. The current owner, probably not getting on my list, if I'm being honest. Yeah, Yeah, same here.
0: Yeah. I, think, I right. think Kingsley's got more chance, probably, of getting on the list than that. <laughs> I, I would agree with you. I think that's <laughs> entirely accurate. Yeah. So, um,
1: so next episode coming up, just as a reminder, is tomorrow, so Monday evening at uh, six o'clock. Um, former Reading Technical Director Brian Teverdon is our guest.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.